Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode 44 about the book The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Keep listening to find out the three most important behaviors that you need to succeed. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back and I'm pretty excited about this book this week. Patrick Lencioni is someone I talk about quite a lot in the work I do working with teams to help them be better teams, but also in some of the leadership type work I do too. And his model of the five dysfunctions or the five behaviors of a high performing team is one that I know a lot of people who work in this space do use a lot and refer back to because it's just so user friendly and so good and helps people work out what is going wrong in their teams. Now that's not the book, that will be a book in a future episode is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which is probably one of my most recommended books in the work I do, which by the way was a good LinkedIn conversation last week, was talking about the books that people recommend the most in the work they do. I've got a significantly larger reading list now off the back of that conversation, so thank you to anyone who contributed to that. I am sharing and maybe have already shared by the time you listen to this, uh, downloadable on LinkedIn will also be available on the podcast website of all those recommendations so that if you're looking for a new book over Christmas or over the end of the year, over the holidays to read and to take in and to absorb or to gift to someone else that you know and like or maybe a really passive aggressive gift for someone potentially, who knows, then then download that document because it'll give you plenty of food for thought. For my friends in Australia, I also have a book depository affiliate site. So if you are making any book purchases as we get to the gifting season, then have a little click through that. That'd be awesome. And the affiliate sponsorship does go through to support the podcast. The Ideal Team Player is one of many books by Patrick Lencioni. If you haven't heard of Patrick Lencioni, then here is a little bit of information about him. Pat is the founder of The Table Group and the author of 11 books which have sold over 5 million copies and been translated into more than 30 languages. The Wall Street Journal called him one of the most in-demand speakers in America. He's addressed millions of people at conferences and events around the world over the past 15 years. He has written for and been featured in numerous publications including the Harvard Business Review, Inc, Fortune, Fast Company, USA Today, The Wall Street Journal and Business Week. As CEO of The Table Group, Pat spends his time writing books and articles related to leadership and organizational health, speaking to audiences interested in these topics and consulting to other CEOs and their teams. Prior to founding The Table Group, Pat worked at Bain & Co, Oracle Corp and Sybase. Pat lives in the Bay Area with his wife and four boys. That's taken from The Table Group website, link in the show notes. A little bit about this book, and this is obviously one of the 11 books that Pat has written. In his classic best-selling book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Patrick Lencioni laid out a groundbreaking new approach for attacking the dangerous group behaviours that destroy teamwork. Here, he turns his focus to the individual team members of a team, revealing the three indispensable virtues that make some people better team players than others. The ideal team player presents a powerful framework and easy-to-use tools for identifying, hiring and developing ideal team players in any kind of organization. So whether you're a leader striving to create a culture of teamwork, a HR professional looking to hire real team players, or an employee wanting to make yourself an invaluable team member, this book will prove to be a practical and compelling read. That's also taken from the Table Group website, link in the show notes. 
Now, a quick note about the book. This is quite a short read. Most of Patrick's work tends to be pretty accessible and quite user-friendly, which is good in terms of its length and style. Now, similar to some of his other books, my big warning for you in this one is that it is a leadership fable. So it's a fake little story made up with some protagonists who have a problem to solve and use the fundamentals that Patrick is obviously teaching to fix their problem. I hate leadership fables. I cannot stand them. And this was an incredibly painful book to read for that reason. I hate the fakeness. I hate the whole role play thing. I hate just the the style of them. There's one part of the book where they're in a restaurant and it's like, and everyone laughed and then held hands and said grace. And I was just like, give me strength. This is terrible. So if you can look through and look past the leadership fable awfulness, sorry, Patrick, it's just a style thing, then give the book a read. Because that said, once I had got over this fact, the book is actually very good. And at the back, there is some awesome application information. So everything from hiring team members to firing team members to developing team members, how to interview questions, questionnaires to see how people are applying or demonstrating those three virtues, which we'll talk about in the big ideas in a second. The back of the book is fantastic. When I got to the back of the book, I felt slightly sick that I hadn't looked at the back of the book first because I usually do that and had not just skipped straight there and had sat through the fable. Ugh. Even just thinking about it makes me a bit sad. Anyway, never mind. Some people like them. I actually know some people who like them, but that is very much my preference. So anyway, consider yourself warned if, like me, you're not a fan of the fable. But that aside, here are three big ideas I took from the book, The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Number one, be humble, be hungry, be smart. These are the three virtues of the ideal team player. And unfortunately, you need to have all three. Without all three, you will not be an ideal team player. So let's go a little bit deeper on these. Humble. This is the lack of excessive ego. It's being able to share credit. It's being able to call out other people's success. You still need to believe in your own worth though. You can't just be quite meek and and self-deprecating of everything you do in order to call out others' work or not believe in your own strengths and your own abilities. That's not being humble. This is that you you have your self-confidence, you know what you're good at and you, you believe in that, but you can put that to the side in order to call out others and put your ego in a little box. If you just have humility, then you're, just, you're simply a pawn and potentially could be a bit of a doormat, which is not good for anyone. So that's part one. Hungry is the second part. So being humble and being hungry. So this is looking for more, but again, in a healthy way, not one that disrupts and gets in the way of everyone else. And again, not in a selfish way. So you need to be looking for more, striving for more, looking for more responsibility, taking on more actions and more development, but for the good of the team and the organization. Again, you can't just have this on its own because if you're just hungry, then you'll just be a bit of a bulldozer. One of the things Patrick does at the back of the book, he talks about the combinations of things. So if you're just humble, if you're just hungry, if you're just smart, or if you're various combinations of those in the Venn diagram of humble, hungry, and smart. Finally, we've got smart, and this is not IQ. This is not your technical expertise or your brain power. This is your people smarts. You could call it EQ, and they do call that out that you could compare this to EQ, but it's actually a bit simpler. It's it's people smarts. It's being able to read a room, 
read people's reactions. Now, obviously, if you read or listened to the episode about talking to strangers, you know we can't actually do that. But anyway, put that aside. But it's ability to at least understand a bit about your impact on others. So having those people smarts. Again, you can't just have the smarts and these people smarts because with this and with just this alone, you'll be a bit of a charmer, but probably not have much else going for you. Like I said, you need all three of these. You need to be humble, hungry, and smart as a team player, but also as a leader. It may manifest and the context is slightly different, but it's still important to think about how you're bringing those to life, whatever your role in the team is. All of these help embed the five behaviors of a high-performing team, which is developing trust, engaging in healthy conflict, being able to commit, being held accountable and holding others to account, and a focus on achieving results. So that was big idea number one, be humble, be hungry, be smart. Big idea number two is hire slow. And this is actually the foundation or the fundamental story in the book, in the fable, which is about finding the right person for a job. And it's quite a senior person and there's an exec team who have to make a hiring decision that's quite important for a project they've got going on. Now, obviously, the, all, the, all the textbook things come out. Someone wants to on the spot hire someone because they're a best technical expert in that particular field. And it's only because other people will slow them down and say, well, hang on a minute. Are they a team player just because they've got all the credentials that we need? What are they going to do to the team environment? What are they going to do with the culture of the team and the organization that we're trying to build and grow and, and maintain? So all of those things come up and all of those questions around how do we interview for someone who and, and look for someone's humility, someone's hunger and someone's people smarts. And one of the things I really liked about the book and particularly the section at the back, it gives example interview questions. It gives examples of how you can get a bit creative with interviews. For example, doing panel interviews, getting other people involved from across the organization, not just more senior people, but the people who will be reporting to the person who you're interviewing also more interesting and potentially involved ways of doing reference checks and speaking to people and questions to ask those who have previously worked with that particular individual. This is about going slow in the interview process so that you can go fast later. There's less of a culture shock for everyone when you bring that person on because they have been hired in a way that is meaningful and intentional and they are a good fit for what you're trying to do. Now, they probably won't be that if they're not humble, hungry, and smart. That's big idea number two, hire slow. Big idea number three is know what you're looking for, which is pretty linked to number two around hiring slow. But first of all, you've actually got to know what does humble, hungry, and smart look like for us as an organization? How does that show up in our culture? What type of person do we need? And how can they show humility, hunger, and smarts? You've also got to know what your non-negotiables are. Now, your non-negotiables can't be a whole chunk of that. You can't just say, oh, we'll take the humble and the hungry, but we'll leave the smarts or whatever other combination. But you need to know what it is you're, you're prepared to look over. And that might be around their technical expertise in order to get a good person for the role who can then be trained or coached or whatever it is that they need or work with others who maybe have got those technical expertise. You've got to agree what does X and what does good actually look like and how will we test for that? You can then design your process around it, not just for hiring, but for promotion, for development and for other new roles that are coming up in the organization. And you need to think about how you're bringing people into them. It could also be around change and who you're keeping and who maybe you're not keeping, who can opt out when you're quite clear 
on what humble, hungry, and smart look like in your organization. I really like some of the content in the book around designing processes, hiring, promotion, development, etc., around humble, hungry, and smart. And I like the fact that it's pretty user-friendly in doing that. They talk about how taking someone out for dinner even, or going on a long-haul flight with someone is a great way of testing someone's humility, hunger, and people smarts. Because in those sorts of situations, you can read people better than you could in an interview and see them just in a different context. Might not always be practical, but something to consider and probably still cheaper than making the wrong hire, particularly at more senior levels. So that's big idea number three, know what you're looking for. So just to recap, the three big ideas from The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Number one, be humble, be hungry, be smart. Number two, hire slow. And number three, know what you're looking for. As I mentioned, really enjoyed the content of the book in terms of the message and the usability of it. There's some incredibly practical tools and resources at the back of the book in particular, which you can use immediately in your your organization. I also really liked that the model of humble, hungry and smart, you could put across really any industry. I'd really struggle to think of an industry that wouldn't benefit from having people who are humble, hungry and smart. Now, if you disagree, let me know. And it doesn't mean that those industries currently have them, but who wouldn't benefit from it. So consider that in your your considerations. Something else that I really enjoyed was that it's pretty short, easy read. Patrick's work does tend to be quite accessible and and for good reason, because it means it can be applied across industries and organizations and understood fairly easily to do so. But be warned that it is a fable. And if you have an allergic reaction to them as I do, then this will be something to brace yourself for. If you've read this book or any of Patrick's other books, then let me know. I've just put on my birthday list because I'm apparently still 12 years old, the book about silos that he's written and turf wars in organizations, because it's something I hear a lot from people I work with and I'm interested in seeing his views on this point. I really enjoy the five dysfunctions of a team, as I mentioned at the beginning, because it is one I recommend and talk about a lot in the work I do, and it's a great model for team development. If you've read any of the others, let me know. I'd love to hear what you think. My contact details, as usual, are in the show notes. Next week, talking about a book I read recently that I loved is When by Daniel Pink. So make sure you hit subscribe and don't miss out. But until next time, happy reading.